Mean Old Lion Media and Sunseeker TV, in association with Carl Anthony Payne Entertainment, present Black Arm of the Law. All right, all right. Welcome, Black. Welcome, Black. It's another episode of the Black Arm of the Law. We're going to switch things up today. Today, we're just doing the producer's roundtable. You know, it's time to do a temperature check, if you will, with my man Ken Johnson, Donald Taylor, and uh, the infamous, notorious Bart Phillips uh, on the call today. Yeah, today is just a temperature check to see how things are going and for us to see how we're going to move forward, how we can elevate this thing to a whole nother level. As, as I was talking to uh, KJ, I was I was just saying, like, I, I mean, I just want to make sure that when we're having conversations, that, that it's not the same conversation. But my point being, it's one thing to hear the stories or to talk about certain aspects of, but what's our purpose, right? What's the purpose, the main purpose to me with everything that continues to be happening? Obviously, we need to make sure that we bridge the gap. Right. You want to bridge the gap between black and blue, between black, brown and blue. And how do we do that? You know, so the stories of the fact that, okay, even though I was on the other side, I had to go through some of the same stuff, you know, that resonates and hits home. But then it's like, okay, now what? Right. I don't want everybody to be so politically correct in terms of in terms of solutions or in terms of in terms of even how they actually feel. So so what I'm saying is sometimes I engage with, you know, the guests vary, you know what I'm saying? I mean I think I think everyone has the same sentiment with regards to with with regards to change as well as with regards to current temperature, how they feel. And I think that there's been several guests that are actually, you know, um actively doing certain things obviously, and, and to try to make that change, right? To try to see things differently, to make differences, um, whether it's the uh, the guy that I talked to who wanted to try to create a law to hold the people who watch or stand by, like, you know, stand by law, you know, the account, you know, hold those guys accountable. And so I think we have to sometimes widen the scope of things. So, so now we get more than just one perspective. Because I want to hear from other people. I want to hear from different angles and different points of view and, and, and what people are actually doing to create and make change, you know. But then I also want to make sure that we're being informative, right? I want to make sure that we're, we're giving people information that is useful in terms of how they can make, how they can, what, what part they can play, what part they can do, what not to do. I think some of the, some of the things that we've talked about, like educating yourself with regards to the law and what you should do when stopped by the law, or just having knowledge of of the law, you know, means means a lot. Carl, I guess my question to you is, without saying, "Hey, who this guest, that guest," what are some of the conversations that you've had that you like that you're feeling are capturing, you know, what it is that you're envisioning? I like, uh, you know, so. so you know, I don't have, I don't know the guest's name off offhand, but the the ones that stand out to me are, like I said, the ones who are actually, you know, actively doing certain things right now. Um, the ones who aren't afraid to be passionately, speak passionately. Um, you know, and like you said, we don't want to use the word emotional. Sometimes I ask a guest a question, and sometimes I feel like they just give me the. It, it, it seems like sometimes it. 
feel like they want to say something different, but they, they give that correct answer, the politically correct answer or the safe answer versus how they really feel. Because we'll talk about other things and then it comes out. Makes sense what I'm saying? I, I would put that to Don saying that, do you think that there is a a feeling from some of the the guests that may be former law enforcement that they don't want to or it's not cool for them to to go too far into the emotional part of this because i think that's one of the things that we really want to do i don't want to say i i I hate to use the word emotion like i said because it's like again if you talk about something and you talk about one aspect of it so passionately right you know then how do you not feel the same way about the same thing that's related to it? I see exactly so what you're let, saying. Yeah. Let, let me try to, uh, I'm hearing what you're saying. So let me make sure that what I'm thinking is what you're saying. There's no one answer to that query. And I'll mm-hmm. say it this way. Because you have different personalities, different experiences, Mm -hmm. different agencies, different philosophies, Mm -hmm. uh, different cultures, all that's a mixed bag. As you said, you may have to ask a question as even as you did with me initially. Right, right. One way, the answer that I give may be based upon my mindset at that moment or my thought about an experience that I had at that moment. But when I give part of the answer, I've seen you draw out what you were looking for. Yes. yes. So, so, so it's not an issue, I think, of reluctance many times. It's also how the question is asked, what is being asked, and the avenue that's given maybe with the second question. That makes sense. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, and, And I can definitely take some of that on myself. But yes, you're right. But again, that's not everything in its totality anyway, right? So that's not, when we had our talks, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, like you said, in the moment. So in the moment, I'm watching something on TV and there's something else that just happened. And so in that moment, that's how I'm feeling in that moment. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm over this. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm over all of this craziness that's going on right now. And, and here's a perfect example. You know, the trial that just took place. Mm-hmm. Everyone was on pins and needles right up until the time that the verdicts were read. Right. After that, the mindset of many people, the the, the, the size of relief, whatever the, the, was contained inside, that changed. What The emotions five minutes before were different five minutes afterwards. Uh, it was, right. as you say, it's it's that moment. Right. So even with the question that you may ask, it may project a picture in their mind that may be different from what you're expecting the response to be. You know, you were touching on a nerve, and I was just thinking that, so... Moving forward, I want to say that hopefully, (laughs) this is horrible, hopefully we don't have, right? Hopefully we don't have a lot of things to attach, like like during during the trial, for example, right? During the trial, like that was the perfect subject matter to be attacking, right? From all angles, whether it's, you know, hey, let's, let's have a conversation with uh, someone from the police, you know, or on their side or the police union or, you know, the, you know, or even a defense attorney versus a, or whatever, right? It's like that was the perfect time to address what was currently happening. And so I think okay. that may, so, so I think that yeah. maybe sometimes moving forward. Now hold it, hold it right there. I like that thought. Now listen to what you just said. Uh-huh. Issues that we might be attacking, issues that we might be addressing. Right. Just those two words would have elicited different responses from me. Just with that, 
Well, yeah, that's why I corrected myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so if I may, I'm trying to get on your pathway and perhaps do you have issues or subject matters that you want to broach and then allow that to manifest itself? Because if, if I have an idea of the subject matters that you want to address, Right. That gives me an opportunity to reach into my mental parents library to bring out no, those right. yeah, responses. Yeah, absolutely right. Because because also you might know uh, or, or have someone, a guest or whatever, whether you be yourself or someone else who could speak best to that situation or to that experience. Like I said, just overall, overall, I just want to make sure that we are we're touching on, on, on everything, right? I want to make sure that we are touching on stuff that's current, you know, the issues that, that we're dealing with currently. I want to make sure that we're addressing and, and touching on the overall goal, which is change and how we can, you know, manifest that, what different ways we can make that happen and, and, and bridging the gap, right? Bridging the gap between these two entities, and, and, and a lot of the times, you know, we do that. We do that. I just want to make sure that we forge ahead with pushing the envelope a little bit, push the envelope a little bit more. I don't know okay. what that looks like yet. I've actually learned a lot, though. I've learned a lot through this whole process. You know what I'm saying? I've learned a lot uh, with regards to to some of the things, you know, that you said, which is how we've gotten to some of those those answers and some of those things, you know, because I've had to redirect. And that's been very interesting, too, like you said, because you said, you know, I agree. Everyone is different. Every every person is different because, and because of their experiences, right, where they came from versus how they got there, how they got to that, you know, that moment and then their journey within. Uh, what have you learned? What have you found interesting about? One thing I've always appreciated about other cultures, other people is you always can learn something new. You can always learn something about that person that makes you appreciate their path, no matter what it was. And again, each organization has a mission. Ours was your goal is to elicit information to solve a crime, a problem, whatever. But it's how you get that information. Unfortunately, some have still in their mind that all I have to do is show my badge and and the information water flow will start running. Oh, no, not not in the real world. Yeah, but the difference with you guys, though, is that is uh, what is it? Is it a felony? That is correct. Right. So lying to Versus the police what? happens all the time, which is no big deal. But lying lying to you, that that in itself can can get you jail time. That's true. But it's actually no different from a police officer. It's it's because if you lie to a police officer, if they take down your statement, that's you're saying whatever you say can be used against you. So it doesn't matter. It's just a different level of the violation. It's still a lie. There's still but police officers use that in a different way. Well, but that but you can't be prosecuted for that, because, again, if if the police catch you and you're like, it wasn't me. I, I was just sitting here and I saw a guy come out of the store or whatever. So with them, it's like, you know, yeah, it can be used against you, but they can't necessarily say if I say it wasn't me to you, that's a different story than saying it wasn't me to a police officer. I would have I would think you that's true. But I would still have to prove that you lied to me. 
That's right. a different. Well, well, here's what I'm saying, though. This is and this is part of what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> part of what I'm saying is, is is close to the same thing. It's kind of like okay, when when I'm when I'm when we're, when we're having conversations, because in my opinion, you guys have been trained a certain way. You guys have been trained to get information, not give information. So a lot of the times, I'm having to do the same thing, where I'm like. Okay, I already know this answer, but I'm going to ask it a different way. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go that because you guys have been trained to get information, not give it. Or give, give as much and give as much as you want. Right. That's correct. Police are trained. Not today's police. To, well, I mean, <laughs> again, I mean, that's well, there's training that you get and there's training that you use. I'm not giving them that excuse that they're not trained. Yes, they are trained. There's a difference in getting training and using your training. I'm trained to do a whole lot of things. It's up to me if I use it. That's the difference. But there's also, once again, I'm just as accountable as that police officer. So I can misuse my training and I'm held accountable. They they are trained to integrate with the neighborhood. They've lost, they don't do that. That's, that's the point. We, we talk so much about they need to do this, get this training. They have been trained up the yin yang. Here's what I'm saying. It doesn't seem that way. It doesn't seem that's correct. Like- because they're not accountable, they're not held accountable for that training. But that was going to be that was going to be my question. So to take to take something from the Carl Payne, let, let's stay right here for a second, right? <laughs> let's stay right here for a second on the training. Is, is it that the FBI, and then maybe this is just my perception, that your training is more involved with? Because I I, I think that what you guys pursue is a lot of white collar crime, a lot of you know whether it be kidnapping and things like that. That a lot of and again my perception that a lot of white offenders right uh, the and and that the police are are used to dealing with more on the street level so is is that number one the case and if so obviously it seems like the training is is like two totally different things there's really not a lot of common ground in terms of the training that's a misperception okay okay so let me help shed some light on that what you just described is usually what gets the ink it's what usually gets the media coverage mm-hmm. there, the, the, the bureau investigates over 200 different violations. The, I assure you, they are not all white collar, white person crimes. Gotcha. They are fugitives. They are drugs. Okay. They are organized crime, but you don't normally see it because we just, we are gathering evidence and we're handing it off to the U S attorney. So your success rises and falls or your ability to prepare that investigation and hand it off. But once again, again, it's the media and other perception builders that have formed that misperception that you have just described. But why do we not but, hear of FBI agents having knees on the necks of, and that's just a you know metaphor, but knees on the necks of of defendants or or you know criminals? Why does that not, not happen? There's not a lot. Of, you're right. There's not a lot. We we don't ever hear about. It. We don't ever hear. Okay. Miss so let me uh, so let me say this. Allow me to uh, as as uh, um, as Samuel Jackson would say. Allow me to retort. Um, <laughs> he was saying a little bit more colorful than that, but okay. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he might uh, not use the uh, did he use the word retort? Um, <laughs> oh no, he used yeah, the word retort. That's a pulp fiction. That's a pulp fiction. That's a pulp fiction word, right? Pulp fiction, right? Okay. Here's a good example. We are trained to shoot. At the, at the same place that police often sh- that they're trained to shoot. Let, let's let's start with that one because that's the, one of the biggest things that you see. We are trained to shoot cinema cinemas. That's what it's called okay. cinemas. We're not trained 
to shoot guns out of hands. We ain't, you're not trained in shooting the leg. None, none of that. So we have the same training, but you have to remember the level, and this is generic, this is not specific because there's knuckleheads everywhere, but the level of the mission and mindset that we are at, it's almost like we're, it's almost like the military. You know, it's, it's those that, number one, when you come into the bureau, this, here's, here's a real good example. When you come into the bureau, if you come into that seat that you sit in in Quantico, 1,000 people have tried for that seat. Okay. So this is not like, uh, I can do up the test at a police department and then go to another police department. The standards are much higher. The accountability is much higher. You can get, you can get whacked on writing a bad report. The, you know, the, the, the internal, uh, the internal affairs function of the bureau, uh, and, uh, is, is, is pretty tough. We walk on aid because we, we know that there are repercussions to us not doing it the right way. There's none of that, uh, yeah, well, let me go to the union and get my job back if, 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 if I, if I, every shooter is going to be looked at. I was, I was, I was a sniper for six years on the SWAT team. When we practice and we go into the shooting house and we practice in that, after we do that first wave, we got somebody coming and said, who shot here? Was this your round? We count every single round. That's not happening in other in, in the PD. I assure you that. And I think you it's, just it's said enough. one of the most uh, important pieces that I've heard. And it's not that we haven't heard it in any conversation. But then again, I don't know. It just it really perked me up is that one of the main differences between or with the police and you've said it a couple of times here is accountability and and so does that mean that in the fbi there's not a blue wall meaning that there are not a lot of guys like you that would turn a blind eye to uh uh your partner or another uh federal agent doing something that they should not do because of your training is that the case let me answer by saying this to you. Once again, uh, I'm not going, I, I try not to give conjecture or theory. I try to give you exactly experience and you can make your own conclusion from that. Again, I was on the SWAT team. We only go in on high risk situations, meaning that let's say you're, let's say you're on a uh, fugitive squad. So you're going out and get fugitives every day. You're not on the SWAT team, but you guys are just going out. But you got, you got a guy that you're going after that was a two time loser and he's getting, He's already said he's not going back. Now, before you guys go out, you're going to call us to effectuate the rest because you're not trained at the level that we are on the SWAT team. So even even in the Bureau, there are different levels of training and standards. The qualifications that you as a regular agent will go to once a week, I mean, what, see, once a month, let's say, uh, you're expected to score 80, 85 every time you go out there. You're on the SWAT team, if you're shooting below 94, you got problems. So, that, so, that this, so the higher the standard, the higher the degree of accountability. I think I really like that. <laughs> I think that is actually very cool. And, and one other question with that, do you guys get, and I think Carl asked this question before, but do you guys get regular head checks just for lack of a better word? Do you talk to someone about where your mindset is about your job and what you do and what you you see when you go out and do cases and things of that nature do you do you have to see a you know a tv term or using a see a shrink every once in a while so to speak to just kind of check where you're where you are at emotionally mentally or whatever is that something that you guys have to go through in the fbi it is available for you but there are different ways that you get to that depending on the situation. In other words, 
if you just get tired from running around, that's no big deal. But if you're involved in an incident that raises a question, you can rest assured if you don't, your supervisor is going to say, you need to take off a few days or you need to go do this. Okay. Because your super, once again, accountability, your, your standards are constantly being monitored. Now we, we, we have case reviews periodically. Everything that you do is being reviewed. So, go ahead, Carl. So, so, so let me ask you this then. Why? Why are your standards higher? Who, you know, who, who, I mean, that, that, this is like good stuff. So I really just want to know why are, why is the FBI standards held, held, held why, why are you guys held to a high, higher standard and you have a, 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 a higher um, checks and balances system? If you will. Why is it for the Bureau? Because that's how we started out when we first started out. That's how it was from day one. But explain it to me like I'm, I'm, I'm four so that okay. I understand okay. how when, we started. When, when, when the FBI started under Hoover, the standards were already high. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was already high. They brought in lawyers. They, they, just the people they brought in were already at a higher standard. As time went on and the scope of the people that came in, there was still the standard and the pride of working for the Bureau made you rise to meet that standard. Because again, those of us that came in, again, this things change over time again, but those of us that came in, when we came in, we came in with a sense of pride in and of ourselves. We came in with that mindset that I've got something to prove, not to you, but to myself. And knowing that the standard was so high, I'm gonna do everything I can so that I'm at the same level as you as an agent because we are both are cut once again, cut from the same cloth. And if you're not, that gets weeded out in the process. Once again, even at Quantico, you're assessed from the day that you get there. This is what I was saying earlier when I was saying to you, you know, when you say the same training, it's not. It can't. Well, that's what I was was trying to tell you. That's what I was trying to say. it, It can't possibly be the same training. You know, you might train at the same facility. You might be told to both shoot center mass, but it can't possibly be the same training because what, what it seems like. And again, this is no slight on you. Again, this is not me attacking you. Basically, the police, which was, you know, clearly people forget why they were created to begin with. They, they, they mm-hmm. forget what the origin of police mm-hmm. overseers were. And it's mm-hmm. never changed. It's never changed, but it's a, it was supposed to be able to protect and serve. It's just that we weren't included in that protect and serve motto. So therefore, it just seems like, you know, you guys have a different agenda with protecting and serving. We don't necessarily know, as someone, one of you have said, that we can actually have access to you. Because at the end of the day, we should be calling you who are held to a higher standard than calling the police who are supposed to be our go-to. Because at the end of the day... I, 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 I hear you, but let let me explain something. Because see, even when I said training, you said no, it's, it can't be different. And please understand, there's a reason why I say it's the same. I also said there's some there's a higher degree of accountability that goes with that training. So the same training that they get on how to shoot, and the same instructions that they get, you can't shoot uh, shoot a fling felon. Uh, you know, you, you can't shoot the wound. The same train. We get the same train. But, but that, but start, that's but so the, weird that you say that. Cause isn't, isn't that what so I want to say to, was it Tamir Rice? Is that uh, which the one in Ohio that was shot running away? And that's what, cause you just brought up exactly what I was just getting ready to ask you. He wasn't trained to do that. That's okay. my point. Okay. He wasn't trained to do that. 
and he wasn't held accountable because he did what he wasn't trained to do. That's okay. my point, brother. Okay, and got it. And, and, none, of, and, none, of, and, none of them. And it's so, any one of them. And so, again, and two things based on what you were just saying. Again, back to my question. Does that all fall under all federal agencies? Again, ATF, Secret Service, um, you know, whatever agencies carry guns. Does that, um, does that, that your training, the way you are held accountable, is that in those other agencies as well is one question. Different degrees, not to the same degree. All right. Every agency is different. Right. And then secondly, what, you know, what, what I think, because Carl asked all the time, because you bought up uh, Mm -hmm. Hoover and we know Hoover was not a fan of the the black and brown. So, so based on that, Hoover's setting this up, right? Right. Based on what you were saying, how Hoover kind of set the standard of, of the accountability. How is it in, in terms of black and brown people in that agency coming up did he you know set the standard of okay well you guys you know either can be here to serve a purpose so that you can handle uh, um the black informant so to speak or uh, uh what was his what was that train that uh, training but what was that philosophy or that culture about dealing with with blacks in the fbi that was a culture that had to undergo change not just by time but also by lawsuits a lot of people don't know that, you know, we've sued mm-hmm. the Bureau because of things that were there. It didn't change your standards of your performance. That's a different thing. The, 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 equity, the equitability of your being able to be in certain positions, that was the difference there. And but I think I remember Carl getting that out of a couple of people talking about the lawsuits in the FBI. Um, there were a couple yeah. of guests that talked about some of that. So Major, major. And that's what I'm talking about. When, and, and, and then we talk about, I think the question came up with the blue line and what happens if someone is going off the rails there. A, because of the, the badge lawsuits, that provided impetus to be able to do certain things. But it was, there was also professional responsibility that you had as a person that you still had. I, many times I had to pull aside an agent and say, this ain't right. You know, and you, I've always said this a certain thing that I can't speak for anybody else, but I always say that you have to have the courage of your conviction. You cannot be, you know, damn the organization. Like I said, we sued the organization because the organization wasn't doing right. So that trickles down to my ability to say to you, hey, you, we hit this house. It was the wrong house. At least have the decency enough to tell the people that you're sorry. I've said that, and many of us have. So the onus was on upon us because we're in that same organization, and we're the ones that have to go back into that same neighborhood. And, and so, so again, there's not enough for that. That the whole blue line thing that's that's been there. You know, that's that's just been there for years with that. You know, and but I will tell you that I know cops. I grew up with certain cops that were my mentors, and I know how they were, and they wouldn't take that. And 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 I know that. So the, 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 the problem is, not just the problem, but the issue is that not enough of that is known because once again, it, it, it's, it's more so the, 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 the bad slant that gets more of the attention than, than the good stuff. And once again, every police department, just like every federal agency, they have standards, but they have, each one has different standards. There's the police departments, there's no, East, there's no standardization among the standards except for certain things. And even those when they're not adhered to, the accountability issue, once again, is, you know, that's, uh, that's why you see chiefs of police quitting or, 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 or retiring early 
because now it's catching up to them. Right. The things that have been going on for years, the, the, the rugs are being pulled up and the dust is being seen. Well, you know, it's funny. That's why I agree that policy, it, you know, things won't change without it being like abruptly. You're going to have to hit hit this dead in the mouth to get somebody's attention to change. Because our guest from last week and I and I use this as one of our clips and I thought that was so cool that he said that mm-hmm. culture eats policy for breakfast mm-hmm. and 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 it was just a, he said that last week and that that stopped me for a minute culture eats policy for breakfast right so to change mm-hmm. culture in a place man and it is not easy to do i've walked into places and told people listen a house divided will not stand right if we can't get this together to be a team and all of that it will not work when have you ever ever seen a police chief testify against a former officer Right. Exactly. That and that is like I said, there was a lot in that whole showing case that was a big deal. Um, Again, by no means do I think everything is fixed in all of this. But you know what? There were seeds planted and it's on us for that accountability. And and I think that Carl hit it on the head. I think it was last week or the week before when he was saying that it wasn't just um, um, George Floyd. It wasn't just Derek Chauvin. It was the pandemic. It was Mm -hmm. people had nothing to do but to watch. Right. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. if if people Mm -hmm. are at work all day when all of this is going on and they're not seeing it. So because of the pandemic, people had to see what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I think Bishop Jason, you guys have probably heard this as well. He made a very prolific statement. Where do we go next? You have to take protests and transition that into policy. The police have to change, and we already, we already know many of those changes that need to take place, but there also has to be that community effort that says, I've protested now, but now I've got to turn this mass protest into a mass vote that's going to change that policy. Because it's the policy that breeds the actions, the deeds, the good deeds, and the misdeeds. And I said before, and I still believe it so strongly that the culture of our kids being such a mixed bag now, that's going to generate a lot of change that we should have had a long time ago. These kids have formed this transcendental tidal wave that has the good old boys scared to death. That's actually interesting. Carl, you want to bring this plane in, man? It'll be interesting, like you said, to see what happens next. I think that's kind of where my head has been lately. Now what? Now what? That's always on my on the, on the top of my brain and the tip of my tongue in every fashion or form. Now what? What's next that's going to happen? Good or bad on either side. What's next? It's almost like saying it's almost like saying what else can happen, right? But I mean that open-endedly. But most importantly, I mean that like all this talk, all this protesting. Now what? Mm-hmm. You know? All these people that voted for, you know, for Biden, all these people that wanted Kamala Harris, a.k.a. from Howard. OK, now what? Are you all not paying attention? Did, would, would you, th- you know, we got to hold all of these people accountable. You hit it on the head, brother. All the stuff that they said they were going to do, all the promises that they keep making. I think the people mm-hmm. keep forgetting who the people are. And I think nowadays people are reminding people who the people are. Yeah. Yeah. You hit it right on the head, brother. We and the that's, people. That's what's next for us. Start, start there. Yeah. We the people. Not that's you. Right. We. And if a lot more people start start understanding what that means and and understanding how to make that point clear, then we're going to see some real change. And that's 
what I think with your platform, that's the message that so many, they can hear law and order all freaking day long. But the message that you're saying about accountability, that's the message that they haven't heard enough of. All right, Carl. So we uh, we continue on and uh, fight this fight and do what we do here at the the Black Arm of the Law. Before you wrap up, Ken, just uh, I'm being quiet on this because there's a whole lot of things going on in all of our world. Um, one thing that has uh, really been on my mind a lot lately is mental health. I didn't want to open the door because listening to the three of you was strong in itself. But I'd almost like to see us do, when we do do this again, to have somebody in. But I really think when we talk about where do we go from here, and mental health has so much to do with it for black men and black women, but primarily black men. I would really like to have a couple of people involved in the mental health community. The Black Arm of the Law is hosted by Carl Payne. Produced by Ken Johnson, Bart Phillips, and Carl Payne. Assistant producer, Lauren Turner. Consulting producers, FBI Special Agent Retired Don Taylor and FBI Special Agent Retired George Graves. Edited by Rick Chill. Theme music by Jeff Red, courtesy of Soul Real Records. Executive producers, Ken Johnson and Bart Phillips. Find Black Arm of the Law on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Black Arm of the Law is a mean old lion media production. 